This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Hey everyone, this is Chris Grasso with the Indie Spirituals Podcast. Uh, I wanted to record this quick message letting people know that I'm going to be away for roughly a month to two months tops doing promotion for my brand new book, Everything Mind, which is coming out October 1st and published by Sounds True. And thank you, Sounds True, for that. Uh, But in my absence, I want to run some older interviews that I did in 2014. The, these are a series of what I was calling uh, Indie Spiritualist Skype sessions that I was doing on my website, theindiespiritualist.com. These are a series of video interviews that I had done, uh, which I have transferred into audio format. So apologies that the quality is not exactly up to par. However, It's definitely listenable, and the people I have as guests, I think, are worthy of your time. I hope, at least after you listen to them, that you feel they are. So anyways, I just want to say a quick hello, and again, my apologies for my absence over the next month to two months, Um, but in that time, I sincerely hope you enjoy these interviews. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. This is Chris Grasso with the IndieSpiritualist.com, and I'm very excited to have my good friend Jessica Pimentel on the show today. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Chris. So <laughs> I'm going to tell the viewers a little bit about you before we get into this. Uh, it's a really brief bio for Jessica. Um, she might be most well known as a role for Maria Ruiz on the ridiculously popular show Orange is the New Black, but she's also an amazing musician. Um, she sings for Alakine's Gun, amongst other musical projects you're involved in. And uh, another very cool thing about Jessica is she's a Tibetan Buddhist, which we will discuss in the interview. So Jessica, thanks for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. Quite a pleasure. So there is a number of ways I, you know, we could start this out, but I figure let's Let's just get into the spiritual aspect first. Um, that's something I think. Let's, let's yes. just get right to it. That's something we've. If had. you see, I'm I'm very happy to be looking at that poster behind you. Oh yes, there you go. As you see, I feel right at home right there. You're, that's how I got into this mess right there. This tattoo. <laughs> You're in good company. So <laughs> let's talk about the mess. You know, if it, I would love to go back to. What led you to the spiritual path? Was it always Buddhism for you? What's What's your spiritual history? 
I was raised in a very, very lovingly Christian home, uh, Christian background. Uh, prayer was always part of our daily routine and worship and Bible study. Yeah. Um, and it was always a happy thing to do, not a not a chore, not a, a punishment, but a loving thing to do. Uh, and I still say to this day, my family uh, are some of the best Christians out there. Awesome. Uh, and I think I think they are the the perfect example of that and how they look at other people and treat other people and how they are and who they are. And I love and respect them very much for that. Yeah. Um, and so we, we didn't grow up with that fire brimstone-y kind of, you know, fear of God. It was a fear of God the way you would fear your parents, like a respect of something greater than yourself. Sure. Um, and also a faith that, that things will work out, a faith that there are things that are meant to be or, 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 you just have to trust that in time things will work themselves out. So I was comfortable with, with having faith in things unknown at a very young age. Yeah. Um, oops, I just hit a button. I'm sorry. That's good. <laughs> it looks good on my end. You're fine. <laughs> okay. Um, and then as I got older, um, things started happening in life that I couldn't quite explain. And unfortunately, I guess for me, the answer is just like, you know, uh, because was not enough of an answer. Right. Uh, and I kind of got a little rebellious, a little, maybe it was, you know, the your body changing, hormones kicking in, all that stuff, all of it. Yeah. But I, I got very, very curious. So I kind of just started exploring. And I guess I started going back to Native American culture, Native American roots, studying things like that. And I, I found that there was a lot of things in that that I benefited from getting in touch with the earth and, and the energies of the earth and the, the spirits around. Mm. What is that? What did, you <laughs> did you hear that? No. What did I miss? I just heard a whole bunch of like birds. Oh, I, I have mean- birds outside at my window. Open. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I, I invite my friends in for the interview. So yeah. I said, I said the spirits and you know the spirits of the earth, and then I hear all this twittering. I'm like, oh. It's actually it's funny. I was interviewing. I don't know if you're familiar with Miguel Ruiz Jr. Uh-huh. He's uh, from the Toltec uh, Native American tradition. I interviewed yeah. him this afternoon, and we, halfway through the interview, this crow landed outside, and just yeah. for like three minutes, it was horrible. Yeah, that's awesome. So <laughs> well, horrible for you, but awesome yeah. <laughs> for the viewers. But carry on. Um, but I think it opened my eyes to a, a different level of spirituality that I never had experienced with my Christian upbringing is uh, being a little bit more open to signs in nature and the energy around you kind of things like that. Mm. We call it the uggity boogity as my friends call it. Uh, the uggity boogity of, you know, telepathy or clairvoyance or crows and blue jays, things like that appearing sure. at a certain time. So I learned a lot about that during that time. And then then I, I felt that that was very close to me, but maybe because it was in my ancestry that I felt close to it. But they, I felt like I needed something more. And I and it's my mother had this book, Religions of the World. I, you know, I swear, mm. just pulled it off the shelf because she had it in, a, you know, a college course of hers. The first one was something, you know, like it was going back to like Jainism, you know, I'm like, oh, OK, that's some cool things there. Uh, Christianity, I was like, well, been there, done that. Okay, I get it. I understand the good points of that and what speaks to me, what doesn't. And then Judaism, and I studied that for a while when I was younger. The the, the Torah and reading, learning Hebrew and some of the more secret texts. And there was a lot of power and a lot of truth in that. Mm. Um, 
then we started uh, the the Krishnas were coming around at that point. Hardcore scene, hardcore music. Shelter, one yeah. yeah, sure. So I I was uh, definitely kind of checking it out, and I felt kind of a little closer to that, but I felt like not quite at home. Hmm. I felt that there were some things that were spot on for me that were really speaking to me, but there were some things that just like didn't didn't work with me, my my mental continuum. And then the next chapter was like Dao De Ching. Uh, and I got the Dao De Ching and I was like, this is it, Dao De Ching. <laughs> it's like nature and rocks and don't push, don't pull water. And, you know, like it's very logical. It's very calm. It's very, like I'm a very logical person. Everybody that knows me knows that I tear everything apart. I analyze everything, you know, but why did he do it this way? Why did it go that way? Right. If you do this, will it do that? But what if I do B and not C? That's I live for that. So at that point, you know, I noticed that there were different translations of it. I had I would have three different versions in my bag at one point, you know, at any given point. Uh, and I I devoured it because it was just a lot like martial arts, hmm. a lot with nature, very logical, and through this logical grounding of natural things that you could see and hear and taste and feel. Um, you could get to another place that was that was a, a not necessarily tangible place right away, mm-hmm. but through through meditation, through awareness, you would get to this next place. And I felt those results on my own without a teacher easily. Yeah. Then we had to read, you know, in high school or whatever, Siddhartha. I said whatever, Siddhartha. Yeah. You know. Because that's exactly how I saw it. I was like, oh, Siddhartha. I, I did this whole book report with it or test. I compared the entire thing to the Dao De Ching. Just shows you like how I was. I was like so uh, blind, so blind with these little this little focus on that I compared the entire book and I was like, in verse 118 of the Dao De Ching, we talk about Wu Wei and Shu Wei and this and that. And he's like you should really look up Buddhism. I think you might like it. And I'm like, I'm a Taoist. Whatever. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, fine. You know, because this whole book is about how his life compares to Taoism. Not even thinking about Buddhism. Because I think at that point, I just established this uh, God theory thing. You know, like Jesus, Buddha. Like, I, I felt like with the Taoism, I'd finally gotten away from that. Mm. Uh, so, and I'm like, all right, I go back to the, take the thing back off the shelf, you know, dust it off. Cause I was good for a while, you know, dust the book back off, open it up. And I see like this really emaciated picture of the Buddha when he was really ascetic. And I was like, that is not appealing at all. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I open it up. It's like, he was a dude, blah, blah, blah. He meditated, blah, blah, blah. Just like the book said. And then I read the, the chain of dependent origination mm. and when I read that, tears just came flowing from my, like, it still gets me. Yeah, yeah. Because for the first time, every single thing made complete sense. Mm-hmm. It explained every single thing perfectly, logically, beautifully, with no room for error, yeah. and no, nothing, nothing to chance, and nothing to, like, uh, suppose or leap into blindly it was just the facts yeah and it spoke to me so strongly that i i just wept and i said this is it this is it and so that's when i started and it's funny because i had this thing this tattoo the the auspicious knot yeah 
I had been carrying that. Oh, no. Sorry about that. I had been carrying that around with me since I was a little kid. I had seen it in a magazine and I thought it was cool. I think I was like six or seven, something like that, a kid. Oh, no kidding. And I cut it out yeah. and I'd keep it with me. And I used to draw it on me, you know, and I green. I don't know why green, but I just thought it should be green. And look, it's green. <laughs> it could be any color, but I just knew it needed to be green. And it was like a pattern on a rug or something. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I said, one day when I grow up, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get this tattoo. And I just saw, you know, I looked it up and it said Tibet or it said Ch Chinese Buddhism. Good luck. And I'm like, that's so cool because I'm a Buddhist and I need good luck. That's perfect. I didn't know the real meaning of it, which I found out later. Um, but I then began my search for a teacher, which was not as easy as it is now. We weren't like as computer savvy then. Like the temples were not, you know, on Google search and you had to kind of like ask around. So I was this young kid, like 15, going to Chinatown, not speaking Chinese or going to like some, no offense, like some hippy dippy ashram thing. And I'm like, this is not it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, cause there were some, there was some, you know, shady situations too. And I'm lucky enough that I was a, like a smart New York kid and to know not to get into if I, if I felt creeped out, I wouldn't go, you know? Right. And I knew where I wasn't welcome to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I knew when things just were like tourist traps and, and I just like calmed down and I said, well, you know what, what did the Buddha do after reading Siddhartha over and over? He looked around just like, I, and nothing was really working. He found some things, but eventually he had to just go off on his own. And I, I went off on my own and just waited to find my teacher. Mm. And basically, uh, one day in Central Park, um, we're hanging out. It's like a Sunday afternoon. Tricycle's having a change your mind day. Still, like, kid, you know? And uh, my friend's like, there's all these monks over on Frisbee Hill. Go check it out. And it was literally like, like the universe was giving me this tray of like, what would you like? You know, like, it was every school of Buddhism had a representative there. Mm. It, I, I remember, you know, chanting the, for the first time, like my first Buddhist prayer, Namo Guru, you know, yeah. Buddha. Okay. And that, that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen before was, and it was with a Zen nun. Uh. So I didn't even know that existed. Namo Buddha Yamga Chami, you know. And I was like, well, that's so cool. That's Japanese or whatever. And I just sat there all day. Allen Ginsberg spoke and, and then there were like some some Indian monks, you know, saffron robes, yellow robes. And there was a lot of, you know, Zen monks and then just from everything. And then there was, you know, sing alongs and dance alongs and and yoga stretching portion and uh, some more poetry and music. And it was like a beautiful day the whole day. And then the very last school, they're like, look, we're not doing anything fancy. This We're going to show you how we debate in our monasteries in Tibet. Mm. And they did a full-on Tibetan monastic debate with the clapping. There's a tradition where you clap, you know, to distract the opponent. And you scream at them and you yell at them. And if they're not doing well, you, you know, shake your rosary over their head to get some wisdom. You know, and it wasn't in English. It was completely in Tibetan. And I just knew that that's where I needed to be. And that is where I needed to be. And that was with the Gelukpa monks yeah. of, of Rashi Gempo Ling in Holland, New Jersey. 
but they started off as as um, Asian Classics Center, Asian Classics Institute. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then that's how I met my, my root guru, Sarmi Kensar Losan Tarjan. And he's been taking care of me since I was a kid. And he passed in 2004. But I mean, still to this day, I, I, his presence in my life is probably the strongest of anyone I've ever known. You For know? sure. Absolutely. Yeah. He changed my life, saved my life. Wow. Sure. That's really beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing all of that. That's a long um, story, huh? <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't have asked for anything shorter, so I appreciate that. And I'm, we're going to get a little, we'll get back into Buddhism in a, in a few minutes, but um, kind of segueing in between that, another thing I know we're both very passionate about and grew up in um, is the punk hardcore music scene. And I know we both like other kinds of music as well, but um, you know, it's something we're both still involved with today. We've been involved with for many years. And I would love to hear similar to your story about spirituality. If you could tell me a bit about what, what drew you to that in the first place, how did you get involved in that? What? Sure. Well, we missed you. We missed you at black and blue. I the saw the pictures and, and it looked amazing. It yeah. was phenomenal. Every yeah. year it is always like you, every year you think like, this is the best year. Yeah. And the next year is better. I mean, it's they've outdone themselves. So cousin Joe, but big shout out to him uh, and everybody involved in Black and Blue. Uh, yeah. I can believe that they got this. They put this together. It went off without a hitch. That's cool. Uh, and, and to see some of these bands that I got to see was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you go both nights and get to see? I couldn't, uh, I couldn't go both, but I, no. I did go Saturday, and Saturday was. Killer. I mean, you had like Dark Side, All Out War, Brick by Brick, uh, Stigmata, uh, Ludacris, AF, Hatebreed. Yeah. Wow. You know, just a little, little afternoon hanging out with your you friend. <laughs> yeah, no big thing. I was and in it, the neighborhood. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken from your pictures, were you just hanging out on the side of the stage most of the it's, time? Too? I mean, it was insane. There's so <laughs> many people. <laughs> I'm not very tall, number one. Yeah, right. And, and number two, it was just like, it was just awesome to see all the people that come out. I mean, yeah. it's grown so much over the years. And yeah. It's just so impressive and beautiful to see. And everybody's like getting along, having a having a great time but no i did mingle yes i i did leave i came back i mean the show is long so <laughs> yeah for sure for sure and it's also i call it family reunion you know because it's sometimes we only see people on those one or two days a year yeah, right so i mean you have the night before and the night after and the, the two nights and uh yeah so i could only go that one day so everybody i saw was just like how have you been? How are you? What's going on with your life? What's your music like? How's your wife? How's your kids? How's your husband? Yeah. It was great. It was That's beautiful. Really. Cool. And made a whole lot of new friends, too, and just people from around the world. It's like, that's what this music is all about. It yeah. really is about bringing people together. And it's always been about that, you know? Mm. And it yeah. stays true. Yeah. So take me back to your your uh, your first introduction to it you know how did you get involved was there a show or an album or, or what drew you into it and what's kept you there i think basically you know just uh growing up in new york it was kind of inevitable because everyone in your neighborhood like we all liked different music yeah you might some person might be into like old you know old classic rock and another person's into techno rave music and another person's into you know pop you know hip-hop whatever uh but we all hung out together and mm. right here on the corner you know yeah. so eventually you're going to hear something and i remember going to my first show at wetlands and being in the first pit and never experiencing that kind of energy before i'd been to shows before 
well, you know, everybody was cool or we had seats or, you know, so right. concerts. I was a musician my whole life. So live music was a natural part of my regular life all yeah. the time. But this excitement, I mean, people would get nervous before a show who weren't even playing. Like you'd get all like nervous yeah. because you didn't know who was going to be there. And you didn't know, like, I'm going to dance like this. I'm going to see this person. I can't wait till they play this song. I'm going to jump off the stage at that song. Yeah. Like, it was, I remember just getting so psyched when a show was happening. Like it was my show because yeah. it was like, you're waiting forever. Well, not always forever, sometimes a week, but yeah. you're waiting well, just like to like let loose all that, that teen angst, you know, that you had. And it, it was like a wonderful release. It was a really awesome release. And I, I met everybody I know today. I, I met then at 12 mm. years old, at 13 years old, those people are still around because they they still stayed true. They stayed with their heart. And I'm not saying like that if you got into other things or, or that you stopped going to hardcore that you're not true. It's like those the, the those core people are still around and they are still involved and we all still know each other and we've all grown up and done other things. But that's the thing that brought us together. That's the thing that keeps us together sometimes. And it's it's really awesome to see everybody grow up and evolve and and it's, it's just been a trip, you know? Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. So something that I noticed um, when I started going to sanghas or different meditation groups and whatnot was, this is back in, you know, early 2000s, roughly. Um, I started seeing people wearing like some of the, the old punk hardcore t-shirts and hoodies at, this medi- at these meditation groups. I was like, well, no shit. That's crazy. Um but, you know, the deeper I got into my spiritual exploration, to me, it just made sense. It was like a perfect, perfect match. Sense. Yeah. So I would love if you could talk a little bit about that relationship, you know, between the seeking and punk hardcore and then the seeking and spirituality and where they meet. I mean, in general, you don't like this music because you're happy with life mm. and the world around you. If yeah. you were happy with life and the world around you, you'd listen to the radio or no music or like top 40 bubblegum stuff. But even those people are not happy. Mm. You know, nobody's really happy all the time there's always some some kind of pain is going to come your way whether your life is generally pleasant there's always going to be something unpleasant that's going to strike but people that are into this music they they're aware of that displeasure that dissatisfaction with life maybe a little bit more than the average person that's why they seek out these groups of people like-minded people who don't want to fit in with everyone else who know they don't want to take that swallow the pill and and follow the rules and do all that they know something is not right whether that's political or spiritual or or just general mental you know your emotional something is is off Yes. Either in them or, or outside of them. They see something can be fixed or something is not right. And that's why they're drawn to this aggressive music that's all about basically dissatisfaction or creating some sort of positive change. Mm. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do, you know, when we when we go out in our spiritual worlds, in our spiritual life, is try to figure out why am I not happy? Why am I constantly not why is why are there these girls being kidnapped? Mm. And disappearing, you know, without a trace in a other, on the other side of the world. Why are animals dying by the millions and millions? Why, why am I tired all the time? Why did relationships never work out? Why is my TV never big enough? Why, 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 why? Nothing is ever, I mean, down to like the chair being uncomfortable to bombs exploding. There's 
every single level of existence on this planet, something is not right. Mm. And mm. that's what we go into. You know, the first noble truth right there is that life is suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we try to figure out in depthly, you know, like surgeons, you know, skilled surgeons yeah. and try to, to dig at that and cut it out and figure out why. So beautiful. I mean, for me, you know, back in the early 90s when I got into the scene, I uh, I was living in a rural place in Connecticut. So all I knew, I was kind of in the grunge, into grunge and some metal, um, but I didn't know about the punk hardcore music until I met uh, a friend um, out, that was in a different school. And for me, that was my first unplugging, you know, from that proverbial matrix. Right. And it, just like your experience, when your eyes lit up and you started to talk about it, same same thing. Yeah. 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 The nervousness before the shows and the passion and, you know, the people talking about actual things. Sure, sometimes we sounded ridiculous because we didn't really know what we were talking about, but in our, our hearts were in the right place. You your know? heart was in the right place for sure. You knew that there was something that needed. There was a flyer to be passed about something. <laughs> yes, Exactly. You had every every kind of zine under the sun, and it was every it was kind of so. zine. There was poetry zines. There was environmental zines. There was political zines. Everything. Everybody yeah. knew that there was something that somebody was not happy about, and yeah. we were going to let you know. Yeah, which <laughs> <laughs> was great. You know. Yeah, it was I, really great. Absolutely, and then yeah, so it carries over, and we're in our our spiritual paths now, and you know, and we're still we're we're doing that seeking and learning and sharing of information and resources and. Uh, I think it's it's really awesome to continue to meet people that resonate with both worlds. Um, so that's pretty exciting. That's part of the reason I love, you know, we connected last year. and It's been very nice getting to know you over that time. Absolutely. Likewise, I'm so proud of you and happy for you and all your success and Thanks. and everything and getting that word out, getting that message out, spreading the Dharma and spreading your story. It's a, a beautiful gift. Oh, thanks. Just trying yeah, to yeah. fight the good fight. <laughs> so, um just a couple more questions. I know you've had a really long day. Um, <laughs> what really quick? How about Alakine's Gun? What What are you guys up to? And are you doing you know anything with them or any any new other projects you're working on? What's going on there? Yeah, Alakine's Gun is still you know we're still writing and playing, and we all have other lives. We all have other careers, you know, that are all pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing things at our own pace, at our own time. But we'll, and we can play. Sh we're playing shows. I think we're playing one Friday at Webster Hall, and Sweet. next next week we're playing up in the in New England for a few days. And and we, you know, it's a, it's a it's something that we love to do. It's an expression of self yeah. that also has Dharma involved. A mm -hmm. lot of the lyrics are are based on. You know, Dharma, Tibetan scriptures like uh, Sonjak Korlo is based on Wheel of Sharp Weapons, one of the uh, Lojong mind training meditations. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, little simple stuff like that. Yeah, yeah uh, no big deal. But I mean, the, we but we all use it. We all use that band as a tool for for the things that that are meaningful to us. Uh, but you know, we have responsibilities that we have to take care of. So as you know, we'd like to move faster sometimes, but uh, the songs that we're coming out with are we're, we're loving, we're very happy with, and and just getting to be together as a family and traveling in the future. It's like it's always just like it's, it's a, a blessing to you know just to be able to do this. Yeah. Still, it's like you know cherry on top of life, you know, on top on top of all the other great things going on. It's like, and I get to do this. What? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, like it's brought a lot of 
kids, you know, awareness about meditation and mm-hmm. like some Buddhist, you know, deities and stuff like that uh, to the forefront. So I, I'm like beyond ecstatic about that. So that's super. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Cool. Well, so I know you mentioned you guys have other lives and I have to ask, you're probably sworn to a blood oath or something like that. But June 6th. You know, season two, Orange is a New Black comes out. It, it comes out. How jazzed are you on that? <laughs> I cannot, yo, I cannot wait to see it myself. Yeah. Because there's some stuff that happens now. I, I'm i only in the scenes I'm in, right? right. I that's, that's all I get to see with my eyes, and I only get to see it from my point of view. Hmm. Now, there's some other stuff that happens to other characters that are my favorite characters as a fan that at one point I was so mad I slammed my computer... <laughs> And I took a walk. Like, really? I was mad. I was really? mad. So I cannot wait to see what these actresses bring to those words and the editing, the direction. I cannot wait to see this live performed. I, I can't wait. It's uh, it's so dope. Like, I cannot wait to see it myself. I want to watch it. I don't even care a minute. I mean, I care a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Maria, Maria... I can't even say Maria. Maria goes through some stuff, Great. but uh, yeah, Maria, she goes through some stuff. So, um, so you haven't actually <laughs> seen it yet. Then you're saying, so you, no. Wow, do you have to actually wait for June six, or do you? Get, <laughs> oh, get out of here! <laughs> you're um, all coming over. Oh, Everybody, come over. I'm June six. We're all coming over. Nice. So. Who are a couple of your favorite characters? Not I know you're, you're. It seems like you're all friends on the set, so I'm not talking about actress wise. But who are some oh, of the characters? You, I, I yeah. love Crazy Eyes and I love yeah. Red. Ah, yeah, yeah. These are my two favorite characters. They are just constantly killing it for yeah. me. Yeah, constantly killing it for me. And then there's some other characters that pop up. Oh man. Oh man, I can't wait! Look, see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see this. I can't yeah, I, wait. I saw in the preview there are there's some new characters joining. There's here, some right? new. Cool. There's some new characters. Well, and there's some old characters that do new things. Okay. I cannot wait to watch this. Like oh. seriously. <laughs> yeah, June sixth. Just bring your pajamas and <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm rolling hard marathon. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's when it came when season one came out. I had not heard anything about it. And I turned on Netflix the day it was released. And next thing I know, it was like two days later. I, I just, I binged. I couldn't stop watching it. It's it's a great show. And did you guys get picked up for season three, I heard already? Or is that, yeah. Yes, we Congratulations. did. Congratulations. That's Thank amazing. You. I can't wait. I just remember, you know, it being released at midnight Pacific time, which was 3 a.m. our time. Yeah. By 7 a.m., people's eyeballs were bleeding. Yeah, right, You know, right. calling, phone ringing off the hook at 7 a.m. They're like, Jessica, this is amazing. Yeah. And they stayed up. Like, people missed work. People, I mean, the phone didn't stop that whole next day. And I think it was, like, quite possibly the number one show in the world, like, yeah. at that point. Yeah. And it, and it was literally in a matter of, like, 12 hours. That's it, crazy. That it was crazy. Yeah. It's still crazy. Because you you think it's going to die down, kind of like, you know, if you watch weekly TV, this episode. But everybody, every day, there's somebody new starting it. So it's new for them. So it never dies down. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And, like, someone will meet you one day, not see the show. They hear that you're on this little TV show thing. Let me go, you know, know, check it out. I guess it's all right. And then, like, two days later, they're, like, all bloodshot and, like, fired (laughs) from work. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then it all doesn't. Because they've been eating like ice cream all. Right, right. 
I know it doesn't hurt that Obama, he even shouted it out, right? Oh, like, and that happened on Twitter. The computer broke. Like, the internet right. broke. Yeah. The internet broke that. Like, five minutes after that, <laughs> the internet broke. And yeah. that was just the end of the world. My Even my mother, she calls Jesse. Obama said that he loves Orange is the New Black. Like, that's really not what he said, but whatever. Right. <laughs> whatever right. your version of that story is. <laughs> I'll take it, mom. So my mom, here's the president talking about my job. You know, I I think we did we did all right. Yeah, you guys did awesome. So what else are you doing acting wise? Is there anything else you have coming up that uh, you want to shout out or Uh, you you just been doing auditioning? I've got a nice little cameo in this movie called The Grief of Others. It's based on the bestseller. Um, And uh, I did a pilot with Tracy Morgan. I don't know if it's coming out. I hope it comes out. Wow. Love yeah, I love him to death. He's he's great. Uh, but mostly, I've been working a lot with theater folks. So hopefully, I'll be hitting hitting the boards at the end of the year at some point. Yeah. Um, but the awesome thing about this is that um, even though you know people think, oh, you know, you're the number one, you're rich and famous and all that, we're really not. Life, monetarily speaking, has not changed that much for most of us. But what has changed is our ability to get messages out, yeah. you know, for for charities that we believe in, for, for organizations that we believe in. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about, too. So if you yeah. want to get into that yeah. now, I, I know you're involved with a lot of great people. So if, if you I would love for you to talk a bit about that. I, I would love to we'll start, you know. Then, then because of the show, we've gotten this great um, relationship with the Women's Prison Association, mm-hmm. which was started by the real Piper Chapman. Yeah. Uh, and we're doing a fundraiser for, for that organization next week, the 27th, at the Central Park Boathouse. Um, and there's um, Kira Kira Jewelry has designed these uh, pieces that are for sale on their website that goes to the moms, you know, the, the women in prison, getting out of prison, helping them. Uh, kind of reassimilate into society, uh, like a halfway house where they can be with their kids. Uh, we did the um, in September back to school kind of back to school, put their book bags together, drive you know for them and and people love to give us clothing and gifts and all that and we kind of give it to them so they have new clothes to wear for interviews and just to start their their new lives you know like nice classy duds and support and help and. So that's a really great organization, the Women's Prison Association, and it's very close to us because it, it's the reason, you know, the aftermath of why we we all got brought together right. was because of these women. Um, so if anyone is interested in donating that, especially the ladies, if they have clothes, brand new clothes that they can't use, they'll take those, and um, money is always good. Yeah. And the jewelry, if you have gifts, you know, the, the proceeds go to, to the WPA. That's one special place close to my heart. Um, then there's also the Sem Rinpoche Foundation and Kachara House. They are an international foundation that helps with soup kitchens, animal rescue, um, and spreading dharma, you know, meditation, teaching meditation, things like that, helping people with, you know, mental afflictions. And they do a lot of good work for, for people that really can't help themselves. Yeah. Um, then there's also the, the foundation that's started by my guru, the Sarame, uh Scholastic Monk Food Fund. A lot of the monks in, in Tibetan society are monks, not really by choice necessarily, but they're given as little kids because their parents really can't afford to take care of them sometimes. And in order 
to to um, survive, you kind of need sponsors there. It's not like you're just taking care of like an orphanage. Uh, not everyone is is gets fed. There's not enough for everyone. Sure. Uh, so the Sarah May Monks Scholastic Food Fund, uh, basically the money that goes into that goes into a collective bank account, and the monks are fed with the interest that is collected over the years of that account and it pays for their medicine, their clothing, their shelter repairs to the monasteries, uh, their study. That's how they learn how to read and write and take care of themselves and math and all the basic schooling skills that you wouldn't have if you were homeless mm. in the, sh in the streets of India. So it's a, a secular education as well. And, um, where, where they'd be better off than if they were perhaps with their families. So wow. it's a really like noble thing. And then, in in New York City, I have a special place in my heart for the Willie May Rock Camp for Girls. Uh, every summer, it's a, a school program teaches girls pretty much how to rock out, you know, on their instrument of choice: vocals, guitars, bass, drums. Uh, they also have classes like on your DIY merch, how to how to prepare, <laughs> how to book. I mean, there's ten year old girls booking shows. I'm no wow. joke. That's so, amazing. I, I, I cannot believe this place exists. If anything I can do, teaching, helping, donating, if anybody's around, if you have an old guitar that you don't play, if you have, you know, two for one sticks, drop them off, lend, send them over, you know, anything. Sam Ash gift cards for these girls. These girls are really passionate about their music. They uh, It gives them a voice and a presence that a lot of them, you know, helps them break out of their shells. They're these young girls preteens, you know, tweens and teens uh, coming into themselves and through this, you know, rocking out kind of powerful position in life. It's a beautiful thing to see. So it's like kind of the opposite of like, you don't have to be like this Barbie girl thing accessory. You are the, the focus. You can be the focus. You can focus on yourself and, so and work that out and develop your musicianship and develop business skills and develop your confidence and assertiveness and because it is you know it's a man's world so yeah right, right. Learn, learn the rules and break them that's so cool that's yeah. i'm really uh really psyched to hear that that is, that exists so yeah me me too yeah, for <laughs> me sure too. and they have djs too they teach the girls how to djs too that's great it's awesome so now you have different level you have you know local level national level and international level so you choose whatever you want to give to or your support even a like on facebook everything counts everything helps those are like the things closest to my heart if anybody out there if you know, if it struck a chord with you, please follow through. What I'll do too, Jess, if you could send me any links you have after we get off, you can just message me them. I'll include them in this post so that way people can just easily click on it when we share this. So absolutely, um, that'll be that'll be great. Um, That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, I'm really happy to help. So, <laughs> well, hey. Thank you for your time. This is It's always a pleasure to speak with always you. Always a pleasure. I love you. I miss you. Yeah, you too. I, I hope to see you soon. I really do. I'm sure, you know, I'll be doing some stuff in New York pretty soon with uh, good, some good. people. So I'll, I'll get in touch with you. And um, Thanks. Thanks for everything you're doing too. Thank you know, you. you're, you're really doing wonderful work in the world. And I honor that. So thank, thank you. Thank you. And likewise, thank cool. you so much. I'll see you soon. Yes. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.